Welcome to the Theo Pop Culture Smackdown. <laughs> With your hosts, Dr. Brian Doak and Dr. Leah Payne. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, I've got a question for you, Dr. Doak. Oh, what is it? How did you meet your spouse? I met my wife, Susan, in college. Aww. I mean, there's a longer story than that, obviously, but yes. what's about, um, what about you? Also in college, no way. I met my spouse in college. Yes. And, um, college is a time where a lot of young people are together mm. and in, in like a really concentrated population. Mm -hmm. And so it's not unusual for people. No, it's not unusual. In fact, in colleges, at colleges like George Fox, um, there's sort of an unofficial term for the phenomena. The pairing off of students yeah, into yeah. marriage pairs. Yeah. What in fact, there's a saying that that basically you get a ring by spring. <laughs> students get married by at least the last semester of their senior ring year. Ring by spring, meaning you don't leave that spring without getting married. I mean, that's a very that's a very that's a very particular artifact of Christian college it, culture. It, it really is. It's so cheesy. Why, why do you think why do you think that ever came about the ring by spring thing? Like, why is that such a phenomenon? Oh, I actually do have a historical like speculation oh, about that. And I don't just know. Speculate. For sure. Just speculate. Well, I think it actually probably goes back to the dawn of coeducational colleges because for a long time, mm. um, women were not admitted into colleges. And I'm going to guess oh. that this kind of talk kind of stems from this idea of like, oh, now women are going to college. What would they be going to college for if right. it wasn't to right. get married? Right. You're going to college to get your MRS degree. Exactly. Like those oh. kinds of jokes. Ha ha ha. <laughs> They're hilarious. But um, yeah, I think that that's, pro I, I wouldn't be surprised. And then you have all of these colleges um, you know, George Fox is just one of many right. that have like a certain concentration of students who are so earnest and want to dedicate their lives to Christian service. And then, all, you know, yeah. they meet each other and then they yeah. just want to do that together. I can imagine so many <laughs> students who are hearing of this right now who are Being just like, like cr cringing, like <laughs> hardcore cringe maniacs. We do not, at we this do concept. not spare you the, the, the nitty gritty <laughs> details of college life no we bring them right to you so ring by spring is the artifact that we are going to work with now how in the world does this relate to the material my friends well you just got done reading this week genesis chapter 12 through 50 about the ancestors abraham and sarah isaac and rebecca jacob and leah and rachel and joseph and asenath yeah there are a lot of of couples there are a lot and, of couples this is a marriage and thing. triads triads <laughs> even. there's one triad there's one that's like like five people. There's well, well, the five people is Jacob plus uh, Rachel plus Leah plus their two. Villa. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're two um, handmaidens, uh -huh. and so uh -huh. that's a pretty intense story. And so this raises the question. I think we think related to the ring by spring phenomenon. Not only is it the case that these these patriarchs and matriarchs meet each other and get married in let's just say sometimes questionable circumstances. Yes. It's it also raises the question are these marriages a good model for marriage that you find in Genesis? Like are these are these are these marriages we would want to emulate in any way? Are these stable good relationships? So yes. why don't we debate that whole bundle of concepts yes. under this rubric of ring by spring. One of us will take the position that yes these Bible stories provide a good model mm -hmm. for thinking about marriage mm -hmm. today in mm -hmm. the 21st century. And then the other yep. of us will say, no, these actually do not right. 
provide a helpful model and one of us will um, take one position for three minutes. The other will take the other. Then yep. we will have our discussion and then we will have the big reveal. What do we really think? <laughs> <laughs> now okay can i can we do this first though can we can i just go back in more detail and just clarify just in case anybody forgot from the reading like yes. who are these couples exactly yes. and that way we don't have to like go back and tell every story as we debate mm -hmm. so the first couple abram and sarai later abraham and sarah we don't really know how they meet but abraham ends up lying and saying that she's his sister they have this wild there's some drama there's some massive drama over the childbearing situation there's another woman who comes into the picture named hagar okay so that's tough Isaac and Rebecca, they have an arranged marriage. A servant goes and finds a woman at a well, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Jacob and Rachel and your namesake, Leah. That's what happens right. next? What, what's, what's the quick and Yeah, there dirty is uh, Jacob. I read this story a lot of times as a, as a child, but mm -hmm. um, Jacob meets and is struck by Rachel, makes a deal with mm -hmm. her dad to marry her. We don't actually know exactly what Rachel thinks of this whole situation. Mm -hmm. uh, the dad substitutes, gives, gives um, Jacob a little bit too much to drink, sub. Uh, on his wedding night substitutes Leah for Rachel for a, a couple different reasons. Jacob and Leah are married and then R Jacob is still undeterred. So struck by Rachel that he works for seven years to gain the second sister. And then they have just a normal average, happy family. Average, no, no, no. There's so much uh, drama. Two more women get added in. And um, yes. So it, it it's, I don't know. Like you could, uh, this would not be like network television. Let's this just would say, be like cable TV. Let's just say if George Fox Theater wanted to do a play they of the Book not. of Genesis, they could not depict it <laughs> accurately. It violates um, the George Fox University lifestyle. It's not George Fox approved. Joseph and Asenath. Um, Joseph is, is the last one you kind of find in the book there after chapter 40. And so on Genesis 41, it's not clear how Joseph meets his wife. It's possible you could imply that maybe Pharaoh gives her to Joseph when mm -hmm. Joseph rises to power. And then you also have Moses and his wife, which is beyond our plot here. But coming up next. In the I like Exodus, that story. It's an interesting one. Yeah meets his wife a, a quick courtship let's say but also meets her at a well and this meet the wife at the well it comes motif. up again and again mm -hmm. so are these courtships are these quick courtships good either then or now did the ancestors and their spouses have good courtships in marriage pro will argue yes con will argue no we do not know who's going to argue which side yet though yes we have we're going to do the coin flip do you, do you have the i flip? will flip the coin you call it because you did the music and i now do the coin flip i want to say with total honesty that I'm very afraid right now. <laughs> I know, same, either, same. To argue for either of these positions. I just think they're both, uh, just this is very tough. I'm really going out there. I love that you're accompanying yourself. I'm like, a, it's we're like in an <laughs> Any old- Any feelings that you have, you're I like, da, da, da. I, uh, okay, okay. Okay. I could expect more from that in this next discussion, I'm sure. Okay. All right, call it. <sighs> I'm going to say, I, I regret this already. I, can we stop this? I regret this whole thing. Ah! Okay, heads, heads, heads. Heads. Okay, I'm flipping it now. <laughs> Tails! <laughs> okay. That means you get to pick or have I to pick? I get to pick. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I am going to pick... Um, I'm going to pick con. I'm giving you the pro oh, argument. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay, Dr. Payne, you are the con. This is not good. Ready, okay. go. Wait, you tell... Oh, do I have to go first with the pro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. You got to give me something to I argue tried to, against. I tried to make you go first. There. Nice try. Okay, fine. Are you timing me? Are I you am timing you now. Duh. Okay. 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 Romance. Romance is about a lot of things. Romance is about rationality and, and lists of, you know, hair colors and types of people and things that you want and, and, and the smile and all that. But uh, 
romance is also about intuition. It's about divine guidance, people. Don't overthink it. (laughs) The ancestors and their spouses don't overthink it. They rely on, yes, a very traditional structure of arranged marriages. But those arranged marriages, I think, were meant to imply don't, well, they may not happen by consent. I mean, in the Isaac and Rebecca story, for example, Rebecca agrees to go back with the servant to the marriage. So there is some element of consent there. And I don't think we should just see these as absolute, like like they're taking women captives like slaves. I don't think that that's what's happening in the stories. Um, so the ancestors and their spouses in Genesis, they don't overthink it. They rely on intuition. And indeed, they rely on divine guidance and in fact, prayer. So that's good. Their marriages are not perfect. Okay. But they're not bad either. I mean, look, students, it's easy to judge. If you're not married, it's easy to judge. But I will tell you this. If you can pull off a marriage over a lifetime and just make it work, that's not so bad. You know, they work through some hard things. And if you get married, you will have to do that. These marriages are about creating a people. Remember the promise to Abraham in Genesis 12. Um, they're gonna, God is going to create a nation. It's not about a single relationship. And it's really not even a focus on the individual and the sense of individual romance and love. This is, in fact, where we go wrong. And we're not thinking about bigger, larger, familial, and societal structures that we create through our marriages, through our children, through the relationships that we have. Okay, look at the parenting. It's not necessarily perfect, but they are creating something bigger than themselves in their families. They make these mistakes all the time, right? Like Abraham gets himself into massive trouble with Sarah and this Hagar thing. It's really, really bad. But we can learn even from their most egregious mistakes. There are very complex emotional dynamics that are going on here. We don't order our society socially in the same way that they did. If we did, we might see that there are many praiseworthy aspects of their arrangements as well, not just the intuition and the divine guidance that I mentioned, but also there's the sense of loyalty, you know, and there's a sense of, of a, a bigger family involvement. If you've got, you know, other people helping to arrange a marriage for you, that may not sound ideal. Okay. But there's a kind of loyalty and there's a family buy-in that comes here. Do they get married very quickly without a lot of information? Yes, but you can't you can't know your spouse enough before you marry them. You can try and try. You can be married for a lot. Of, I've been married for 18 years. Like there are mysteries every day. And so I just say, you know, the, the, the patriarchs and the matriarchs, yeah, they dived in. Yeah, ring by spring sounds a little drastic. But you know, ultimately it works out. Okay, okay. You had 24 seconds left okay. and you, okay. All right, so that's, right. that's me. <laughs> Okay. Um, now the con. I time you. Okay. Ready go. All right, students. There are a lot of things that I could say that would be cons. That like I could give you a lot of details from the text that you yourselves have read that would convince you that these kinds of arrangements are not a good model for living. There's a lot of commonsensical um, reasons. You know, the family strife, um, the uh, lack of consent in a lot of scenarios wherein. Women are just kind of shuffled into these relationships, sometimes forced into them. All of the dysfunction that comes along with, say for the example of Jacob and Rachel and Leah marrying two sisters. Um, And then these concubines, the women who have not uh, consented to these relationships, but then are forced into a scenario wherein they have children. Uh, uh, They are... I, I could talk to you about that a lot and we could have like the Bible's Me Too discussion, but I'm not going to talk to you about that. Actually, I'm going to make a different kind of argument. I'm going to make a typological argument, which is a kind of a way of reading uh, the scriptures, which is to say that the marriage that is the model for 
like Christian living is not necessarily intended to be a like romantic, like husband wife relationship. We're not supposed to look at the Bible um, and expect that Jesus is like the divine bridegroom and we are supposed to be his bride. So when the, the Christians look to the scripture for models for marriage, they're not actually supposed to be looking for like five steps to make your your marriage work. So we don't look to that. We can look to those marriages as like um, a people building, as Dr. Doak said, but we don't necessarily need to look to those marriages to find like our inspiration for romance. And lastly, I'll say that our inspiration, like this idea of romance as we know it now is too young of an idea. They didn't have like our kind of romantic comedy um, imaginations in their mind when they were thinking about marriage because marriage was mostly a people building and business and like political arrangement. So how am I doing on time? Uh, I think you got it. <laughs> you are doing. <laughs> you oh. got. You were so enraptured. I was so. I was listening. Okay. With you, the... you have a minute. Oh, okay. Um, we need to be careful to see the Bible. Um, or we need to be we c- careful to like keep track of what the Bible actually endorses versus what the Bible describes. So the Bible describes all of these political machinations and family drama, but that's not the Bible saying, yes, this is how you should live your life. We don't ever hear like, you know, Abraham and Sarah, yes, they should, they had a really great marriage that everybody should try and live by. We just hear that these people are called and chosen in some way to be the people of God and to live that out the best that they can. They're not necessarily a model for us. Oh. Ah! Nice job. You ended right on time. About 10 seconds left. Okay. We've, Discuss. We've, we made it, we've made it a tradition to point out one really good point that we thought the other person made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have one point oh, okay. that I thought that you made really well. Yeah. Which is, and this is funny, um, there's a there's kind of like a pastor trope where where I've heard a lot of sermons where pastors are like, you know, love isn't just about that feeling of romance. Right. And okay, true. That's that that may be true. It's more than that. But what I appreciated about what you said was that there's this idea that intuition and divine guidance All right. can be like a positive thing to emulate. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times people will caution the young, like you know, be cautious, be right. all that kind of stuff. But every now and then, you know, you yeah. see magic happen. So I kind of liked how you pointed that out, mm. that there could be some of that. Because, like, you brought up Isaac and Rebecca, mm-hmm. and that one seems to be kind of one of those, like, they seem to be very devoted to each other and yeah, truly they, care they, for they each other. They may be the best couple in some ways. If if I had to say. vote in, based on that list, mm-hmm. you know, they'd be up there for sure. I thought the point you made about, being careful to distinguish. And this comes up a lot, I think, in, in just reading of the Bible. And I've noticed this in, in student, just student views of the Bible throughout the years that I've taught and watching students wrestle with things and watching myself wrestle. To be careful, you said, about what, about differentiating between what a narrative is endorsing and what's just being described or maybe even things that are left ambiguous intentionally. Yes. That's yes. a great point. So one could infer that just because just because the Bible narrates something, it's like, well, that's in the Bible. Therefore, the Bible supports that. Yes, because there are really terrible things that happen right. in the Bible. Like we picked, we kind of picked some of the rosier 
marriages yeah. to talk through or the mm. rosier relationships between even the aspects men. of those marriages because yeah when you see or or even like for instance you have Jacob and Rachel and Leah that's a polygamous situation Christians have typically not endorsed polygamy although you you could say well we have a scriptural precedent in Genesis right I think though that at every level a smart reader would read that story and be like he clearly has problems in this polygamous situation yes it's not a, endorsed a lot of biblical scholars especially like womanist biblical scholars have talked about the relationship between Sarah and Hagar or Hagar right. and explored all the ways that that is a very um, harmful and complicated right. relationship. Right. So yeah, I think that that's probably one of the major takeaways that if right. we had one thing that students, right. <laughs> there's just, there are a lot of messed up situations as well, well as really right. praiseworthy people. In well, the that's right. And actually the Hagar situation is instructive because there it's not just that scripture narrates it with no judgment. It's actually judged. God says to Abraham, no, I said you were going to have a wife, a, a child with your wife. Like, what are you doing? And so, and then God like intervenes and preserves this other woman and her right, child. Right. So yeah, you're right. So that's a good, that's a great example of where a sensitive reading actually does show the narrative going in a direction. Whereas, whereas another reader could just read over it and be like, Oh, just like God was endorsing these horrible power dynamics. No, actually, it was the opposite. Yes, that so. one is really complex. Oh, oh man. man. Okay, so okay, we got it. We got to go. We got to put back on our debating yeah, yeah, hats yeah. here. Okay. Oh, we just spent okay. like three minutes doing that. Um, okay, okay, okay. So here's the thing, though. Are, are, are you're in denial though of the intuition of the divine guidance? You you're think? saying, yeah, I think you're in denial of of what benefits can come. I mean, I, you know, I don't think anybody would go whole hog today into arranged marriages. However. You got to wonder sometimes whether or not the wisdom of a community of elders, of a matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match, is better than what we sometimes choose for ourselves. Like, I admit that I met my wife and we decided to get married probably quicker than some people do, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like Isaac and Rebecca quick. Okay. Let's just say that. <laughs> right. But right. it was probably, was it faster than it, quote, should have been? Like, over the course of, say, a year, really, where we kind of like started dating and da da da. Yeah, it probably was actually, but. I do not regret it at all. And, and I, I had to rely on intuition. I, I'm going to argue back and say that I appreciate the intuition, um, like divine mm -hmm. intervention argument, but I don't think it applies in the same way now. So our society is just structured in too different a way for right. us to be able to make a one-to-one -one comparison. So for example, you bring up the matchmaking, mm -hmm. which I mean, there are a lot of people who get married via matchmaker now. And well, that's right. Online is kind of like a matchmaking. Service, yeah. And like a lot of folks, even like folks in, um, in like the U S will participate in matchmaking, like culturally sure. matchmaking. So that good things can come from that. But I think the, the, um, distinction that I want to make is that we just live in such a totally different setting. Like there are lots of different kind of figures and characters. There are slaves here that um, there are that's, like, that's like the way that property is, is managed and handed down is very connected to the way that they do marriage. And so I just think that the context is too different for us to look back and say, now we might look back and say like, Oh, look, we can see a prefiguring to like the kind of union that Christians ought to have with Jesus, yeah. like a typology argument, which I didn't really articulate all that well the first time around. But 
Um, so that might be where it's useful, but I just think our context yeah. is too different. Well, the co- the thing you mentioned about Jesus was, I think, a good point, though. I think you're I think you're overemphasizing the cultural difference, though. It's true that it's true that some of the things you said are different, and thank God they are different. However, some of the stuff is the same. Like the concept of love comes up to play. Like Jacob loves Rachel, you know, and the idea that that people would be married and want to have kids. Like, I granted, not a lot of people would just like say that right out as their main thing because partly because it's become culturally a little weird to just be like, I want kids. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, that's but not actually, what you though, want to say on a It's not what date. you typically want to say to somebody. But right. the truth is, though, that like, why should we be in denial of the fact like that, that, you know, a lot of us do want kids and that's there's like nothing wrong with that. And that's the same today as it was in the biblical world. So, well, I think another reason why I would I would push back against that is that it it leaves out so many folks who don't end up getting like, especially in this very strange environment of the the college environment that that you students are in. Um, that's just not going to be the case for everyone. And I think emphasizing that could potentially um, leave out a lot of people who still are doing really excellent and praiseworthy things. Well, no, you're totally right. But that's the drama of it too, though, is it might work or it might not work, <laughs> right? Like That's the whole point. It's like, right. Is that it might not happen. Yes, but I also would... I mean, the Jacob and Rachel thing, people love that one, but Leah is like in the mix, right? Yeah. And she actually gives, she actually provides the person who becomes the ancestor of Jesus. Well, right. So the I children, think, the children that Rachel and Leah and the other two women have become the quote tribe, the, nation. the 12, the, the tribes of Israel. It's not quite the 12, but it's a complex numbering, but like they at least have 10 of those tribes of Israel. That's where they come from. They are the kids from that. Union. Yes. Yes. But I'm thinking specifically of Judah who ends up giving us Jesus eventually. So like right. she's the person who has, but she, if we were to look at her relationship with Jacob, I do not think that we would want any sort of relationship no, like that. But I think you made a good point though. The relationship nonetheless bore this wonderful fruit for the genealogy to Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's time. Okay. We reveal our true positions. What do you think, Dr. Doak? Are okay. you for it or against it? I'm going to go surprise on this one, <gasps> but I think it's true. I believed in what I argued for. What? Basically. I believed it. I believed okay. it the whole time. I. It's not okay. I believe it while acknowledging all of the serious things that you said about how there are some aspects of this culture that are just like, we would not want to emulate. There's abuse of power that happens. There's some gender dynamics that I do not like or want to emulate in my life in these stories for sure. I, I give you all of those things, but I, I don't know. I do. I see something in the pattern that these ancestors live in their relationships, which feels very real to me in my own life, which is like a lot of times things just happen really fast. You make a decision. It even ends up being a mistake. But you just kind of like you muddle through, you live your life. I realize that's kind of an unromantic depiction of marriage. Oh, dear. Actually, students. really? I think that's kind of a hyper romantic depiction. Yeah, you of just it. like you just like look like I, you just look at your wife after 18 years and you're like, what have we done? But they, yet here we are like this is just what it is. So I, I, be, I actually believe the thing that I said while acknowledging that not every aspect of the lives in Genesis was perfect. And while acknowledging that some students feel pressure to pair off and have relationships as a mark that they've arrived or that they're valuable. And that can be really harmful. So I wouldn't want to like get in on, on, a, on get, you know, I wouldn't want to encourage that in like a stupid way, if that makes sense. Well, I so appreciate your position and I think you presented it really well. And I, I'll, I'll reveal my own. Wait, wait, did you have anything more to add? 
No, that's it. Oh, good. Okay. Dr. Payne, what is I your actual position? stand by <laughs> the position that I took. Actually, I thought when, when we started discussing yeah. that I was going to um, reveal that I was on the pro side, oh. which this actually is a fun little side lesson, which the fun of debating is that you actually find that you might think differently well, than you true. thought before. That's true. It does come, it does come to you in different ways yeah. as you talk and listen. So I, I will explain, um, which I sort of talked myself into my own <laughs> argument, <laughs> which is, I think that the, the great romance of the Christian life mm-hmm. is with with Jesus Christ, right. like I th- I think that that's true. Um, I mean, that's just true. And so I think that looking to the Bible for particular like models for marriage, this this is my the reason why I'm going to stick with the con, mm-hmm. which is that I think that especially in American evangelical contexts, um, young people are given this very very idealized portrait of marriage mm-hmm. that if if as you say because i totally agree with you marriage has a ton of ups and downs you and i both been married to our spouses for a really long time and that romance feeling comes and goes like sometimes you just have to like just get through a season because you're exhausted or you're arguing or whatever so i think that looking to the bible for like that kind of sparky romantic thing and then expecting like Right. It's not that the Bible portrays it this way, but I think there's the ex- expectation sure. that some students bring that that's going to be their whole life. Right. And so I think like we ought to, I- I'm going to stick with my original position that there are too many obstacles between like cultural obstacles between then and now. And that it to emphasize that misses the bigger point, which is union with Christ. We're going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> So, yeah, that's all I got. Excellent job. Excellent job to you, too. Students, we hope that you learned something about ring by spring. (laughs) 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 And we hope that you learn to think through all those relationships that you just read about because you just read a ton of them in the Bible. There were were lots, lots of characters. Keep reading. Keep thinking. Keep reading. Wow, you're getting like kind of fancy with that (laughs) stuff.